Hello, and welcome to the teaching podcast of the Southwest Church of Christ. This is Ken Hines. I'm glad that you're with me today. I'm looking forward to our study in God's Word together. Today we have an interesting study about an interesting character, Samson. What do we know about Samson? Everyone knows that he was strong, and yet the Bible teaches that he is perhaps the ultimate weak, strong man. And I think there's so many lessons that are applicable to us today, so many things that we can learn from the life of Samson. So let's dig in. Uh, we're not going to read the entire story, but we'll select uh, some verses from the beginning. And from the very beginning, we find that uh, Samson is a person of great potential. His uh, father's name was Manoah. Manoah and his wife did not have children. And yet the angel of the Lord appeared to her, Manoah's wife, and uh, told her in uh, verse 5 of, chapter of Judges chapter 13, this is some thousand years before the time of Christ. Um, the angel of the Lord said, uh, you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head because the boy is to be a Nazarite set apart to God from birth. And he will deliver and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So such a great and important task to deliver the people of God, to uh, grant them freedom. Uh, a child of promise was to be born to Manoah and his wife. And uh, Samson was to be a Nazarite. Uh, this is a vow we can read about in the book of Numbers, uh, really a vow that consists of three uh, distinct parts, uh, three parts of the vow, three requirements. Uh, first, that uh, you would touch no dead animal or anything that's dead because uh, you are consecrated to the living God. Uh, you drink no, uh, no fermented drink, uh, no product uh, from vines, uh, not grapes or raisins. I, uh, because uh, the, the fermenting was a was a, a picture of uh, impurity uh, was a, a not a picture of, of impurity but a uh, a symbol of impurity and uh, so you were to uh, Samson was to be dedicated to God and so he would drink no wine during his during his life. And the third promise is uh, the one that's the most famous because of the story is that his hair would never be cut. And we can read about this in the New Testament that uh, Saul took a, also known as the Apostle Paul, took a Nazarite vow. He made a vow to the Lord. Uh, it wasn't a lifetime vow, but a, a part-time vow. I think he was uh, grateful for the deliverance and protection that God had given him in the face of his enemies. And uh, he had to let his hair grow. Uh, that was a symbol that uh, your hair, your head, uh, was uh, to be untouched because it was uh, dedicated to God, the center of your being. And um, 
So um, you would just uh, let it grow. Um, we read in the Bible about other prophets uh, who, um, you know, some were hairy and, and some had long hair. Um, tradition tells us Elijah had long hair. Uh, John the Baptist had long hair. Um, it's not a requirement to have long hair to be a follower of God, but this was with the vow that was taken that, that your hair would not be cut uh, as a symbol that uh, God was the ruler of your head. So the Nazarite vow uh, was uh, first, no dead, no touching dead animals, uh, second, no drinking of wine, and third, no cutting of the hair. It's interesting in the life of Samson that he broke all three parts of his Nazarite vow. And uh, yet, uh, through the breaking of the first one and the second one, uh, God remained with him. It wasn't until he had broken all three that God left, which, which shows us uh, something about uh, God's patience and his forbearance with us. Even when we do things we know that we shouldn't do, even when we make commitments we shouldn't make and go to places we shouldn't be at, uh, think things we shouldn't think, say things we shouldn't say. Uh, none of this was a surprise to Samson. He had heard over and over the story of his birth. He knew that he was a Nazarite. Uh, and yet uh, he thought that the rules didn't apply to him. So it's in, in spite of the great potential that we see in Samson, uh, it could have been so much more. And I think that's just such a great and important lesson for us because we also, as the people of God, have great potential. The Bible says in Judges 13, verse 24, that the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir with him, or began to stir him while he was in Mahadan between Sora and Ishtaol. So God was with him. God uh, was using him for an important mission that uh, to which he had called Samson. Samson was a, a person with a great potential. So I think we can understand that and we can relate to that, at least to a certain point. I think all of us know that uh, God has blessed us. Uh, God has blessed us materially. God has blessed us physically. Uh, we have so many blessings, so many ways that God has blessed us. And we also know that God has an important task, an important mission for each one of us. And how did that great and important mission weigh on Samson's heart? Well, after he has uh, grown, the next verse uh, we read about is in Judges chapter 14, verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah, which is Philistine territory. And so he was already going places that he shouldn't have been going and being places where he shouldn't be. And so many times we find ourselves um, in difficult situations that really began when we were in a place that we really shouldn't have been. You can think about that and make your own application, but uh, yeah, uh, 
so many times uh, it, we could have avoided so much heartache. Uh, we could have avoided such painful consequences of our sin if we had just avoided going to a place we should never have been in the first place. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. So he saw a woman. Um, was this person a kind person? Did she have a loving heart? Uh, was she a good choice for a life partner? Did she have a common faith? Would she be a good mother of his children? Would she be a, um, a life partner? Well, we don't know. All we know is that Samson saw a woman, and when he returned, in verse 2, he said to his father and mother, I've seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. You know, he, he didn't think with his head, that part that was supposed to be dedicated to God. Um, instead, uh, he was just driven by his impulses. He was just driven by his temptations. In verse 3, the Bible says, his father and mother replied, isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? Uh, at this point, Samson is just thinking, well, I see her. I want her. Uh, she excites me. Uh, she makes my palms sweat. Um, I'm attracted to her. And that's all that matters. Uh, so many times uh, we set aside the great mission that God has given us. We set aside the, uh, the calling, the high calling that he has for us the spiritual joy that we can find in our uh, communion with God and our fellowship with brothers and sisters. We set all that aside just because of the temptations of well, what we see in this world. And, uh, and that's such a sad story for us. And it's such a sad, sad story for Samson because he was a person, as we know, of great strength. We're not going to go into all the stories of his strength, of his prowess in battle, his uh, ability to escape Philistine traps, or to uh, just take the gates of the whole city off of hinges and carry it up to a, a hill. Um, but Samson was a person of great strength. He evidently was a person of um, some intelligence that we uh, see from his banter uh, with his drinking buddies. Uh, he had a certain personal charisma. Uh, he had leadership ability, although we never find that he used that leadership ability for good. Uh, the charisma was uh, just spent in his time partying. And he was a person of faith. Um, he didn't make faith a priority, but he believed in God. He knew that God had a calling for him. God had a task for him. And the Bible recognizes him as a person of faith. 
uh, we can read in the New Testament about Hebrews, or from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. The author says, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson. There's our man, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fear of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength. Uh, we're going to read about that in just a little bit. Uh, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies and uh, goes on and on and uh, talks in verse 39 about how these were all commended for their faith. So Samson, besides having great strength, besides having intelligence, uh, personal charisma, was a person of faith. And yet, in spite of all this, uh, he uh, set that aside because he was attracted to a woman. And when his parents reasoned with him, he didn't think about that and said, you know, I'm really glad I have you in my life. I I'm really glad uh, you're stopping me from making a mistake. I, I want to thank you for that. Uh, I'm going to think this through. Uh, he didn't say any of that. Um, he just his response to his father was Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's the right one for me. That was the extent of his reasoning. That was uh, that was the extent of. Um, reasons he had for for what he was doing and uh, the direction his life would take. So uh, time passed, as you might expect, uh, that uh, first marriage didn't turn out very well. It didn't, um, didn't last long, uh, like I say, as you might expect. Then um, Samson uh, was attracted to other women. And then uh, according to Judges chapter 16, verse 4, Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the Valley of Sorek. Uh-oh. Once again, we're in Philistine territory. Uh, he was uh, someplace he didn't need to be. Uh, he fell in love with a woman in the Valley of, Valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Delilah, uh, the Philistine uh, word means of the night. So you can guess what uh, the attractions that Delilah had for Samson. Um, I don't think this is a spiritual attraction. I don't think that this is a, an attraction that's uh, thought through or made with uh, the, the kind of uh, thinking about what would be best for his descendants, his posterity, for his reputation. Um, for what he wants to accomplish in life. Uh, this is an attraction, uh, once again, just based on um, what the eye see, the heart desires. And um, in verse 5, the Bible says, the rulers of the Philistines went to her, to Delilah, and said, 
See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so that we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Uh, they're offering her a fortune if um, she will just help them get to their enemy, Samson. And so Delilah is attracted to that money much more than she is attracted to Samson. And you've probably heard the story a number of times. Uh, she tried, She asked Samson the secret of his strength, and, and he teases her and toys with her and plays with her and says, uh, tie me up with seven thongs, um, weave a pen into my hair, um, you know, so, so on and so forth. And every time uh, she, uh, she does that and then uh, tries to uh, capture him. And he just thought that um, there would never be any consequences, that he could uh, just flaunt his, uh, his vows and uh, there would never be anything wrong because he was uh, too strong. He didn't have to worry about anything. Um, again, that's the um, the thinking of a worldly mindset of a, of, a, of a weak man. In spite of all the strength Samson had, we see a great weakness here, forgetting that the true source of our strength is not found in our, our physical strength, not found in, in our drive, uh, not found by what... Uh, by what we make of ourselves, but the true source of strength is found in uh, our creator, in the God who made us and who sustains us. So in uh, verse 17 of the story, um, Delilah breaks down Samson with her, with her nagging. And uh, in verse 17, the Bible says, so he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I've been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more. He's told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. Having put him to sleep on her lap, she called a man to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. Now come some of the saddest words in the Bible. Such a tragic story ending to someone who had really been blessed with God with such potential. The Bible says, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. Uh, but he did not know. That's such sad words that he was so totally unaware of the true source of his strength. He was truly unaware of the true source of his blessings. Uh, he truly had just uh, thrown it all away. 
he wasn't aware of all that God had done for him or he had forgotten or thought about other things. And he was so unaware that he didn't even know when God had left him. So the Philistines uh, seized him. They captured him. They enslaved him. They gouged out his eyes. Uh, they bound him with shackles. They set him to work uh, grinding in the prison, uh, work that was done by animals, uh, by, uh, by slaves. Um, they made fun of him. You know, such a terrible, uh, terrible tragedy for someone who had been born to be free, someone who had born to be a leader, someone who had born to soar is uh, now enslaved and is an object of ridicule. He, he's an object uh, used by the Philistines, an object lesson of how their God, Dagon, is more powerful than the one true God, the Lord God. And uh, they were having a party uh, sometime later, uh, probably some years later. Um, and uh, they went to celebrate saying, our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. And in verse 26, um, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Um, it would have been better if he had prayed to the Lord so many years earlier, uh, back before he ever got involved with that woman in Timnah, certainly before he ever got involved with Delilah. It would have been good if he had prayed then. But one thing about prayer is that no matter how much we don't deserve God's blessing, that no matter our circumstances, God listens to us. That God grants us another chance. That really might um, be something we we keep in mind, and uh, we even give God the name of the God of the second chance. And uh, that's what He does for Samson. Samson um, prayed to the Lord, "O Sovereign Lord." Remember me. Oh God, please strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. And he struck a blow that helped deliver Israel from their enemy, the Philistines, just what uh, God had given him as his mission. It's interesting that he accomplished more in his weakness when he was blinded, when he was bound with shackles, uh, when he was enslaved, he accomplished more in his weakness because he called to the Lord 
than he ever accomplished in his life and all of the strength and the vigor and the energy of youth uh, when he had the freedom to do whatever he wanted. Um, he, he squandered that opportunity, but God gave him another opportunity to uh, fulfill his mission. And I, I think that's obviously an important lesson for us because all of us have squandered opportunities. Uh, all of us have uh, set aside what we knew was good, what we knew was best for a pale imitation by uh, what the world offers. All of us have been in that boat a and all of us can choose the path that Samson chose in the end. We can turn to God. We can pray to God. Uh, we can come to God in humility, knowing we don't have uh, what we previously had to offer him, but we can offer him a willing heart. And that's what God wants more than and, and can use and will use more than our physical strength or our intelligence or our personal charisma. So that is the lesson of Samson, the weak strongman. Um, I think a very applicable lesson, a very relevant lesson, uh, really pertinent to our case today. Uh, I hope that you find a blessing in this time that we've had studying God's word. And uh, I pray that God will use the abilities and, and the purposes and the mission that he's placed in your heart, that he will use that for your for his glory. And uh, that you'll avoid some of the pitfalls that are out there that uh, any of us could make, any of us could fall into uh, the mistakes of Samson. It's written down here for us, uh, for our learning, that uh, we not be the weak, strong man, but instead we might be the servant of God. May he bless you. Thank you for listening.